The difficult things that I have found are firstly trying to make sure that information still flows without the proverbial water cooler. I do think a lot of times you end up losing things where you don't realize the misunderstandings that are happening in the team or someone doesn't have a piece of information that would be really useful to them. And in an in-person organization that happens, I think, quite naturally. But for a remote organization, I think you have to be really deliberate about it. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.f. YI. Use code Gavin to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, today, my guest is Yuri Bram, um, publisher of The Browser. Now, The Browser is a daily newsletter that curates the best of the internet for over 50,000 subscribers. And he's an author himself, having written a book called Thinking Statistically, one of the 99 best books of business books of all time. <laughs> I love that. So, Uri, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you so much, Gavin. It's great to be here. So one of the things I was really intrigued to talk to you about is because you've got um, members of your team that are based in Latvia, South Africa, Canada, UK, US, Norway, you know, you're spanning the globe. So you've run a remote team for probably years now. This is a skill set a lot of people have suddenly found themselves in 2020 <laughs> having to get good at. So I'd love a conversation about you, uh, you know, you, what you've been your lessons about keeping a remote team, a productive, but engaged, motivated, upbeat, et cetera, when they're, when, they, when they're literally working on their own. Absolutely. So we feel very, very lucky that we started doing this uh, for other reasons before everything went down. And now, yeah, yeah. Uh, we kind of lucked out there. We weren't doing it for this reason, but suddenly it seems like a prescient decision by accident. Yeah. So yeah. before we just dive into your lessons around that, share yeah, a little bit more about the background of you, the browser and the work that you do. Um, amazing. So the browser is a 10 year old creation startup. Um, we are a newsletter. We Every day we read the internet and find the best articles, in our opinion. Uh, and we send out five little summaries uh, to our subscribers saying, here's five really interesting things we read today. And um, we're trying to get people away from breaking news and from Twitter and from all these places that are fine on their own terms, but um, sometimes cause people to read too narrowly, we think. Um, so Robert, our editor, uh, was foreign correspondent for The Economist and the Financial Times, and he's an extraordinary uh, genius, eccentric genius, uh, and he just reads all day and uh, picks his favorite pieces. Um, so that's what we do. Fantastic. And uh, your your customers, your subscribers, they they keep coming back or keep subscribing because they're getting stimulated by articles that they wouldn't normally have come across that's of relevance to them. Absolutely, yeah. 
we we focus on the rare gems i mean so everyone can say oh you know everything in the london review of books is great or the new york or whatever you know the publication that you most love is um, and nobody needs us to tell them that you know these pieces from these high quality publications are great but we try and find the really eccentric pieces some weird blog um, some industry magazine that most people aren't reading and we find the few pieces that would be of general interest and just weirdly fascinating even though they're about a topic you never thought you would want to know anything about fantastic so back to the point about remote teams mm. and engaging keeping them uh productive but also motivated and uh, uh feeling part of a collaborative unit of a team what have you found works and how with those that suddenly find themselves having to lead a team remotely when they've left <laughs> them all in a building in an office in front of them how do you help people sort of navigate that transition yeah so it is incredibly difficult. I don't want to sort of pretend that there's like one big secret. Um, and we've tried a whole bunch of different things over the years. And um, we've tried, you know, stand-ups, we've tried groups, we've tried uh, how many times a week do you want to call each other? And um, I think one of the really difficult things is separating between, you know, crucial knowledge. Like a lot of the time for our work functions, we can just email each other. You know, we get a routine going. Um, everyone on the team knows their responsibilities. Um, again, we've been lucky to be doing remote for a long time. So we've kind of structured the organization in a way where, each team member knows their responsibilities and has like quite separate areas of work. Um, obviously remote gets um, exponentially harder the more that there's interrelationships between the team. Uh, between you know two people, you've only got like one relationship. Between three people, you've got three relationships. I hope I'm gonna do the maths on this right in my head. Uh, between four people, you've got whatever it might be. Uh, or factorial relationships yeah yeah it goes, it goes up pretty fast um so we've kind of structured things to try and make sure that everyone has um the um has a very clear role uh, clearly defined responsibilities everyone takes ownership of their own little part of the organization and so for a lot of those things sort of things can run on their own um but the difficult things that i have found are firstly trying to make sure that information still flows without the proverbial water cooler. I do think a lot of times you end up losing things where you don't realize the misunderstandings that are happening in the team or someone doesn't have a piece of information that would be really useful to them. And in an in-person organization that happens, I think quite naturally, but for a remote organization, I think you have to be really deliberate about it. Has this been your experience as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second part that I found, which I haven't heard anyone talk about, is the extent to which tacit knowledge comes up in work. So I think quite often if um, if you're in an office together, I might walk by a colleague's screen and see how they're doing something. You know, they're, they're using one of our new pieces of software and they're doing it in a way that's very inefficient, let's say. Um, in a normal office, I would see it and I would say, oh, by the way, did you know that this software has this feature? Um, but if you're all remote, you just don't see any of that. You don't experience it. Or it's the background that. conversations that you might overhear that just keeps you up to date with what's mm. going on in that team or that business that you just don't get in the same way. Absolutely. And um, so we've been trying a piece of software called Tandem. Um, oh, I've not which, heard of Tandem. It's interesting. I mean, a lot of people have had this idea by this point, but it's a sort of, um, yeah, it's a piece of software where you can kind of video share, but also screen share. And you can like share your pointers. And um, so what we do now is um, a few times a week, we'll make sure to all be online together on Tandem. Um, and we basically watch each other work to some degree. It's just very different. You know, you can be on a call oh, wow. and um, see what some, hear what someone is doing. But if you're actually sharing the screen, um, yeah, just kind of like problem solving together. And you kind of like get that tacit knowledge back and you can kind of see really in rich detail what other people are working so, on. So you use it for collaborating on a particular issue or problem or you 
generally just having it, even if somebody's working on an, their own piece of work, others are mm. watching and observing. Am I understand that right? We, we tend to do it through specific problems. So it'll be, you know, um, you know, we're, we're doing help desk stuff. So, you know, we always had this thing where like if there's specific help requests that we're trying to make sure that we're dealing with consistently or, you know, these odd extreme cases where something comes up and um, not, not all of us know what we should be doing. Um, so usually what will happen is that we we do it through one of those problems. We'll say, okay, well, let's get on tandem. We'll screen share. We'll, we'll run through this problem. But I think in the course of doing that, just by accident, you get that in-person experience again. And you see, uh, you know, uh, the other day, um, one of my team members, uh, we, we all use a password uh, thing called 1Password. It's like a password yeah, yeah. app. Uh, and I just realized that one of my team members just wasn't aware of one of the features of 1Password that makes it 10 times faster to use. Um, and so, yeah, just by accidentally seeing what was on her screen, I was like, oh, by the way, 1Password, you could actually do it with this extension. Um, I should have told you that before, but I, it never crossed my mind. Um, so that's that, I think, has been a big benefit for us. Great. Yeah. And that literally collaborating several times a week on Tandem really does feel like you're part of something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's so strange what a difference that makes. Um, but I guess, you know, we are all social animals in the end, right? So um, it really is partly just how you feel and your, your motivation to actually do the work every day. I think for me, like on the days when I really don't feel like getting out of bed, the thing that gets me going is like, you know, this feeling of responsibility and, uh, you know, just wanting to do good work for my team. So um, I think that really helps making sure that we all still feel human to each other. Have you found more of a blurring between work and home life and therefore an extension of hours of actual work as people trying to juggle a number of different things with more people being working from home? Yeah, I have. Um, I think this is a really hard thing to manage because so for me, I feel like there's always been this quite natural blurring between my work life and my home life. Uh, but yeah. I don't want my team to feel like they have to do that. I don't want everyone to feel that they have to be on call 24 hours a day. I don't think that's generally healthy. Um, it's something that I worry about. So um, it's something that we're trying to avoid, but um, I don't have any clever solutions to how exactly you do that. Yeah, but the fact that you're aware of it and that you, you, you're, you're sort of watchful for it helps a lot. So weekly, several times a week, you're working on problems together. Do you, do you ever do you ever kind of all get together on, you know, on a video call just to have a bit of a social chit chat, mm -hmm. you know? So we recently had office drinks, which I thought was very funny. And there was um, a lot of questions in the team, like, should I bring an actual drink? Is this uh, is this part of the deal? Um <laughs> It's strange, though, because I haven't yet found an online space that has that feeling of in-person meetups. I think when you're on a group Zoom, everyone ends up in one big conversation. So even if there's six or seven of you, it feels every time I've done it, at least everyone ends up talking in one big group that just doesn't feel fun and natural in the way that in a pub yeah. you would. Yeah, you yeah. know, get into little groups of twos and threes and then re-merge and, and talk to different people. Um, I'd love a solution to that. If anyone knows uh, how you make that environment happen online, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, even if you sort of created on Zoom and other uh, tools, breakout rooms, type, it just feels very forced rather than the natural sort of mingling and intermingling that you would get in that sort of social setting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it just is something, it really shows you about how sort of rich the information world is in real life because um you know you've got you've got 360 degrees around you uh you can look in different directions you can kind of turn your head quite subtly and you know uh, invite people into the group make people feel welcome all that and you just can't do that on zoom i don't know 
don't know if the technology will ever allow us to do that. That would be interesting to see how that develops. And also, you can't you, that that sideways glance when you can observe an interaction that's going on. You know, you can't always see everybody's faces and facial expressions, depending on how many you got <laughs> in the group on Zoom. Or like we've just had a bit of a bandwidth problem, so you have to mm. drop down the drop the camera off anyway. Yeah. So regular meetups online help. What else have you found that really helps to keep a team together and productive and motivated yeah so I tend to think it so I think it's important that everyone knows they have a channel to get quick answers to quick questions I think early on uh, working remotely I realized that some of the people I was working with were kind of storing up questions for two or three days you know we would talk a few times a week but they would store up questions and then when they'd ask me them I would realize oh this just unblocks um, you know this piece of work that I could have unblocked for you sort of in 10 seconds um, sure. a few days ago um, so I think really being clear with everyone that, you know, um, I think setting expectations around, for instance, if you're stuck for more than 10, 15 minutes on something, please email me, you know, if you're stuck yeah. for 20 minutes, half an hour. Because um, I think often when, especially when you're new to a team, it's hard to gauge, you know, you don't want to bother people. You don't want to, you know, um, be seen as someone who's always interrupting or can't do the work themselves. But I think really being clear that that's just something that's encouraged that, um, you know, like I would much rather spend 20 seconds quickly answering your email, quickly sorting out a little issue. Um, then have you stuck for two hours because, you know, you were trying desperately to find out the answer on Google and that doesn't always work. Um, that's been a big thing for us. I bet. Yeah. And and also that anguish that some uh, members of the team might have is that when they feel stuck and they don't don't want to put their hand up to, you know, to reach out to, to get guidance mm-hmm. and, and and that anxiety can can continue to rise. So <laughs> to, know that, to know that they can get help yeah. for that immediately really, really helps. So what's your view around... Um, the workplaces of the future then so vaccine starts to Mm -hmm. roll out offices start to tentatively invite their employees to come back into into work do you you think we'll go back to what it was before do you think there'll be more (laughs) of a hybrid model between remote working and in person in an office I mean this is the big question and I'm so completely in two minds about it I could really see it going either way I've, I've heard all the people who say you know, we always think the future will be different. We always think this will change everything. But, you know, the day after it is safe, everyone will go back to the office because that's what we've always done. And, you know, there's a reason why that equilibrium is where we ended up in the first place. Right. Um, and I could sort of see that in the sense that in large organizations, I think status is really important. And like very few of us are really organizing our businesses in a completely rational way, I think I could say. Yeah, and often, yeah. like, what gets done is just dependent on this kind of randomness of where you know, the senior people's attention is at at a given moment. And I do think that it would be hard for me to be remote in a company that wasn't completely remote because I would feel like my interests and my areas and my parts of the company are just going to get neglected more and more over time. That would be my big fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you encourage your, your, your team members to take breaks in the day to get uh, outside of the you know the immediate space and the, the screen in front of them and get some fresh air go for a walk around the block or something it, what are the other kind of mental well-being and physical well-being practices that you encourage yeah I absolutely encourage everyone to do that um to the point where I wouldn't even sort of we don't talk about it that much because I think it's taken for granted that people should work on their own schedule and stretch their legs a bit and get outside Um, I think this is one of those sort of longer term strategic issues which um, comes up in the day to day, because if you 
if you're if, if you're constantly fighting fires, um, if, if you're constantly finding that there's work that has to get done in the next 20 minutes, that's going to be really disruptive to that kind of mental and physical health. Yeah. Um, but that's something that in the long run is preventable, right? If you kind of structure the business the right way, kind of think about problems before they come up and try and find um, solutions that make sure that that is not going to be the day-to-day experience of the work. Um, I think that enables you to be in an organization where, you know, going for a walk and at lunchtime is just taken for granted. Like, of course you can do that. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And um, when organizations put that into practice and really encourage that, then you get individual members of the team that are so much more attentive in the afternoon, the more productive. Um, but more than that, they're happier in their own skin. They've got a smile on <laughs> yeah. their face and therefore they're doing better for their colleagues and the customers as a result. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what else do you see that you've always worked that way because you've been part of a remote team for a number of years? What What are some of the mistakes you see being made by those that are new to leading remote teams? Yeah, I think um, I think remote teams face a lot of the same challenges of um, in place teams, but at smaller numbers. So if you're running a company of 100 people, you're going to have a lot of these issues around communication, around, you know, information getting siloed, around, you know, not knowing what everyone is up to. And I think the same thing happens at a remote team at an earlier stage, you know, maybe like 10 people on a remote team is equivalent to 100 people on an in person team. And so I think one thing that you know, in certain senses, I don't want to oversell this comparison. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I think people could do is just learn from larger in-person organizations since that kind of knowledge already exists. So things, you know, um, things like proper documentation. I think if you're a very small team, but in person, it's okay. Or you can get away with, let's say, not having proper documentation and not having a place where people can look up, you know, solutions to past problems or what has gone wrong in the past. Uh, but if you're remote, that becomes much more valuable. I think things like that are, are the sort of mistakes that I see companies as they you know, suddenly transition into remote, um, that they haven't quite got that for the scale they're at remotely. And do you ever get everybody together physically? I know you in much person. harder with, in person, <laughs> yeah, I know it's much harder for you guys because you've spun the globe so much. Yeah. Do you ever seek to do a, a, an event that brings all your, all your team together? Um, we have never yet had the whole, whole team together. Um, and it was something we were hoping to do this year. Um, right. we'll see, <laughs> we'll see if it becomes possible next year. Um, I, from other, um, organizations that are fully remote, I have heard that it is really, really valuable. Um, and so it is something that we would really like to do at least once a year, if we could. Right. Yeah. Um, and back to that social connection piece, social bonds, et cetera. Right. So if, um, people want to spend, um, so you find out more about the browser, want to become a subscriber, what, what will they get uh, from the browser? And is there, can they sort of target in the curation of stuff so it's more relevant to their areas of interest? Mm. So we actually deliberately don't offer the ability to target to your areas of interest. We think of ourselves as giving people not what you think you want, but what you maybe ought to want, or at least, or at least what we like. And, you know, we just think it will be interesting. Um, so Brilliant. yeah, no, we only have one newsletter and it's five pieces a day and it is incredibly eccentric. Uh, we send out, you know, every day there's selections from just a really wide range of different topics. Um, I think there's obviously like a lot of value in sort of targeted curation and there's lots of people offering that, but we think of ourselves as, um, yeah, offering something a bit different, no matter what you read. Um, so we want to keep it as broad as possible. And do you find that, uh, do you kind of get any user feedback as to times of day when they read it, what they like best about it? Yeah. Um, I think the main feedback we get 
is um, that people just love the eccentricity of it and love finding pieces that they wouldn't have read otherwise. Um, a lot of people used to read it on their commute, I think. Um, course, I used yeah. to get feedback. Yeah, we, we read it on the train. Um, we had a lovely piece of feedback from a subscriber. He says him and his family read it before dinner. And then every day they talk about something that came up from the browser. During oh, dinner. Amazing. That was so sweet. Um, yeah, I think uh, because it's a very, very short newsletter. Um, so, you know, we're picking five pieces. We're writing one paragraph summary of each. Um, the newsletter is, you know, a two minute read. And I think that makes it very easily snackable. You can kind of open it and read it any time of day. But obviously, if you then want to click through and read the articles, they can be thousands and thousands of words. So I think yeah, people yeah. may be reading the newsletter on its own and then the articles later in the day. Fantastic. Yeah. Uri, thank you so much for your time today on the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, just uh, share with us uh, how people can connect with you on LinkedIn and the, uh, also how the, the website for the browser. Uh, fantastic yeah so uh the browser's website is thebrowser.com um and i'm on linkedin as ori bram um i think i'm the only one <laughs> fantastic <laughs> that's good, a, rare... a good claim yeah. to fame yeah uh, great for you to, thank you so much for being on the the, the business fastman podcast thank you so much Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audio book, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.